your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle Empire. Welcome to the Blocking Charge Cast NCAA Tournament Edition, where we are talking about the fate of our beloved Big Ten as the conference tournament is wrapped up today, specifically the only one that ever matters, which is the Big Ten Tournament, and the bracket has been seeded. Uh, once again, I'm Steve Braun, aka Thumbasaurus. I'm here with Andy Krzyzewski and Emin Wildcat. You know, when we're talking NCAA tournament time, it's very important to get the voice of the Northwestern cabal in, basically to, to flick lit cigarettes at us if we try to get hopeful about our teams making runs in the tournament. It's important to stay grounded. Triumph the insult comic cat. You are talking to the number one Drake Bulldogs fan on, uh, <laughs> I believe, on the entirety of SB Nation. Somebody who has actually been to a Drake basketball game and, true to form, got drunk at it. Now, do they sell alcohol at Drake basketball games, or were you flasking it? I mean, I should have been flasking it, but the Nap Center absolutely does sell alcohol at Drake basketball games. So I got drunk, watched a Drake basketball game, and walked back to an Airbnb. What year was this? Oh, 2018? They hosted okay, so Ryder we're talking, in conference. So we're talking good. way after the Ravante Rice era. It was way before his first season. Way before Ravante Rice lost 40 pounds in one offseason. <laughs> I, I don't know. School, though. <laughs> the thing that is incredible to me is that, and I don't think anybody pointed this out, but like I actually think that it looked to me like Iodasuma was wearing some kind of mask during the Big Ten tournament. Did you get any any sort of impression like this? Because I didn't nobody really brought it up. Just like, you know, they never brought up that that uh, Kendrick Nunn and Jalen Tate played with Jabari Parker in high school. Um, Boy. Yeah. Well, so I was texting with my brother and he uh, is he doesn't really watch a whole lot of basketball altogether to say nothing of college basketball. But I gather that at some point he had seen Illinois play because he asked me you know, he's 10, 12, 13 years older than me. He's, he said, when did Coolio hairstyles come back into sound? <laughs> referencing presumably Io first and foremost. There have been some, I mean, you know, but uh, I mean, I, Trent Frazier is also like more of a late Coolio type of thing where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of got braids, but they look kind of like they really could use some Cialis. Yeah. Well, and then you sent me a picture of what Coolio looks like now, and um, I'll never get that out of my head. So I'm Googling it now. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, I don't think we're going to make that the cover picture for this article necessarily, but that's something, you know. Oh, good God. Little, little, something, <laughs> little something for your eyes as you're listening to the Walking Charge cast here this evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to to be he's got, go he's ahead, got go ahead and just do an image you could call it roughly six different he's got like two square inch no no two patches of about three square inches of hair left upon which he has chosen to mount like braids that stick up yeah well he he hasn't given up on the concepts um and like i said you know when you texted me that i was like look credit to him for finishing the drill okay <laughs> well no what, what what i said to you was also have you seen coolio lately and what you said was yeah, I'm actually not sure if anybody has. Should we be on the lookout? We should be looking, yeah. Um, <laughs> then he sent me the picture. And I said, well, look, it, you know, again, you got to admire commitment to the bit. So <laughs> anyway, all of which is to say, 
that no, I, I was actually mildly surprised by the fact that the mask didn't come up all that much because the finals and semifinals of the Big Ten tournament were actually interesting enough that the announcers had basketball stuff to talk about the whole time. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Um, well, we'll work backwards here. Illinois defeated Ohio State 91-88 to in overtime after, uh, well, Ohio State started out shooting unsustainably poorly, and then it just turned into a shooting contest, which, well, at the end of the day, was, uh, I mean, was not lost by Illinois. <laughs> like, that, w- that was a really fast-paced game, and ultimately, you, you just... The thing I got from that was that you know it was killing Chris Holtman that he just had never recruited an elite point guard. Um, boy, that's sure a statement you could put out there. What did Washington have, 32? No, I'm talking about a distributor, right? Washington was fantastic, but it always felt like Ohio State's offense was kind of more uh, piecemeal whereas Illinois played more under control. Um, and yeah, Washington, at, at, early in the second half, I thought they should just start fouling Washington every time he got an open look because he was not going to miss. I got some late-game Travis Trice vibes out of him. Yeah, there was a little bit of a heat check aspect to it. it it's, I think it's fair to say that Ohio State's offense definitely has more ISO to it than a lot of the better offenses in the conference because it, you know it's Washington, Suing, and Liddell basically at three different levels of the offense and for the most part it's not the kind of game where it's you know running off the ball screens catch and shoot that sort of thing it's mostly guys making their own baskets individually and it so they're very much like an nba team from 10 years ago but the odd thing was when they came back at um when illinois got into the 70s it was like 72 67 or something and when ohio state came back a couple of those threes were a direct result of them moving the ball really well i think they got it through the post into the corner and then uh, and then hit maybe a kind of a free throw line extended three and it was it was kind of that moment of oh this is not the ohio state offense that i was used to it's turns out when you move the ball in illinois you can you can get a couple looks but right they were passing the ball out of the out of the post well um they i mean kofi coburn was in foul trouble and i guess also tired a lot so they they ended up against a lot of georgie bashanishvili so they 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 kind of had to um not that they had to but they 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 found it a little easier to to just um you know, move the ball a little more and they were able to find more open looks like on, on a larger part of the court. Yeah. I mean, I think some credit is due to Ohio state here in that, I mean, the first half, what were the, what was the biggest Illinois lead? Like 16, 18, something like that. Yeah, It was a 17 point lead, but at that time, Ohio state had shot one for 16 from the field and it wasn't like they were getting bad looks, right? They were just missing, you know, pretty decent shots. And, and, and I said this from the champagne room account, I said like, Illinois is playing well, but Ohio State is shooting an unsustainably poor level. Like, they're not going to keep shooting this badly. And they went on to make their next eight shots after I said that. See, I mean, this is where I'm going to turn to you, because as a fan of a good offensive team, Steve here seems to think that there is such a thing as unsustainably bad shooting. But as fans of the current vintage of Michigan State and Northwestern, respectively, you and you and I understand it is perfectly possible for a team to shoot 20% from three for weeks at a time. Miller cop can and will miss all 11 of his shots in one night. That's the guy who's the shooter who's supposed to lead your team to the promised land. I I didn't say that it was impossible for that shooting to happen. I just said that it was impossible for Ohio state this year to do it. Okay. Because I remember the game where we ended Illinois played Northwestern. It was just a couple of years ago with Io DeSumo. We lost on a shot clock violation after going 0 for 11 from behind the arc. Yeah, you did. 
<laughs> so I'm well aware that no, we actually can keep missing. But I was I was I never thought Ohio Monday. State would. This was the just to kind of give kudos to Brad Underwood and the program he's built at Illinois. Uh, a buddy and I were texting the other day and just kind of made the comment of that we enjoyed from the time that I started at Northwestern in 2009 through about 2019, more or less, a period in which Illinois and Northwestern functionally as programs, I mean, not that different. I'll say it for you, man. And, and sure, and, and it's it's God, it's a testament to one how fucking shitty chris collins has been the last couple of years but but to just what a what a program hey look world. man a bill carmody player just won the big 10 it's too soon man jacob grandison was very <laughs> very good at the beginning of this one he got a couple of alley-oop dunks i think or at least or was that against iowa i don't know it's all a blur a 0.23 bac blur isn't it <laughs> i don't think it's quite that high but uh that's there <laughs> Speaking of former, I mean, uh, I just saw something the other day, and this is the kind of rabbit hole that I get down when I'm watching games that aren't mine. So I think I mentioned it here before, but I think I'm now at a point where if I ever had the opportunity to ask Tom Izzo one question, knowing that he had to answer truthfully, I would ask him what made him choose Foster Lawyer over Dwayne Washington? Because he took lawyer, they were both point guards in the same class, both from Michigan. Izzo probably could have had either of them if he had wanted. He took lawyer's commitment when he was like a junior in high school and he's, you know, five foot 10. And granted, he was a lethal shooter in high school, probably assumed he was going to grow a few inches. Um, but I just, I, you know, seeing the players, they've and again, lawyer's been hurt for like a month. He's not coming back this year. But even if he's you know, still healthy, like the difference it, between the two, I'm just like, what, what, what were you looking at? <laughs> Andrew, my question to you is this. Do, do you think that Izzo thinks that, that, that shooting is a thing he can coach? Um, I don't know. Uh, he, that maybe he doesn't value that out of high school as much as maybe he should? No, I don't think that's true. Because again, like that was the whole selling point with Lawyer was he, was a, he, is, he is still a pretty good shooter when he's open, but he never is because he's tiny. Um, yeah. But but Washington complete, can get himself open. Sure, but to and to complete the circle on that, the of course the third triangle of this troika is David DeJulius, the other point guard from Michigan, from the state of Michigan that year, who initially went to U of M and then transferred after last offseason to anybody Cincinnati. That's right. Why oh boy, well, who else has transferred to Cincinnati and recently opted out to go and play in his home country of Lithuania? But Am and Wildcat, I know he knows one. Rapola Slivanoska. <laughs> oh, boy. And I was ready. Wow. I wasn't ready for that one either. I remember that guy too. Completely unsolicited today when I saw the Colby got a 14 seed. I thought, I wonder if Rapolis is still there. And I looked he, that up. And, uh, but as you were doing that, I had a moment of Charlie Day with all the thumbtacks and the string. <laughs> and, and I just was thinking, oh, my God, we got I need a wellness check on Andrew. This is. Hey, so speaking of which, actually, I feel like. Like Corey, or I feel like Emma Wildcat is going to get this one, but really, really quickly. But um, Rick Pitino became the third coach to lead five different teams to the NCAA tournament. You know the other two? Oh, sweet Christ. No, probably not. One of them is one Lonathan Kruger. I, I can name at least three of the five, Illinois, Oklahoma, and UNLV. And the other one is Tubby Smith. Oh, Jesus Christ, it is. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, you know, it's no, the Big Ten really is the crossroads of America. So, you know, that concludes our Big Ten tournament coverage. I think we did a pretty good job of covering all the relevant stuff. Well, uh, we, can, we can work backwards a little bit and talk about the uh, talk about how, like, Washington, everybody knew it was going to be a problem against Illinois because he was a problem against Michigan. He yeah. really was. And then, uh, you know, Michigan ultimately kind of got boat raced until EJ Liddell missed a dunk. They stormed back in that one only for the Big Ten coach of the year to apparently call out of a timeout. Uh, Mike Smith dribbled down, you know, 15 of the last 20 seconds and then take a contested three down one well, point. So he didn't call the timeout. And that was the thing because they had it and they could have. Ah, it. OK. Um, and so, you know, it's good that the semis and the final ended up being good because before that, I mean, the first two days of the tournament were straight chalk. Um and a few close games, but not not oh, a lot of entertaining games really. Not but then the games we had yesterday and today were excellent. And then yeah, twice against Ohio State in the span of two days, we saw two coaches who are you know have their teams at the top of the league. You know the, the regular season champion. I'll throw some air quotes on that. And the people's champion um, had close games against Ohio State down the stretch. Had plenty of time to call a play, run action, do anything, and they did the thing that seems to be like the go-to clock running out call now, which is just give the ball to your best guard and let him, quote, make a play, which turns into dribble, 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 dribble. Not moving, just standing there dribbling. And then with about five seconds left, all right, now I'll kind of move towards the basket and oh, fade away, Kobe. Um, Carmelo Anthony <laughs> loves the state of Big Ten guard play right now. Well, but like at least Carmelo Anthony would have the courtesy to make it a long you know, like a 15 or 16 foot two. Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. Which I, I mean, get is an, an inefficient shot, but still probably one that you make a little bit more often than a can, than a fall away three. Reflecting um, on this tournament, though, just unbelievable amounts of credit had to go to Ohio State because, you know, they went to overtime with Illinois, lost by three, after they survived a, a run by Michigan, granted without Isaiah Livers, but still a very talented team. And this was after they survived a huge comeback by Purdue, and then this was after they survived uh, Lil Richard throwing everything he could, trying to Peter Gibbons his way to doing just enough not to get fired. <laughs> and so uh, Ohio State played only very contested games, even though like none of them actually started out that way. Yeah, well, and they had a one-point win over Penn State in the first day of the tournament. And then in the Purdue game, they lose Kyle Young to a concussion. So not only did they play two overtime sessions in the span of a four-game and four-day stretch, but they do the last two of those games against the two best teams in the conference without their probably their best, their most well-rounded big, I guess you would now, say. Penn State, say they, Penn State, they lost to uh, Wisconsin, which you oh, know, was I a shame it. because it really looked like Penn State was going to win that game. But then I did have to settle – for okay, Wisconsin, Wisconsin can win, but Brad Davison has to smash his face on the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the whole. <laughs> in the, in the, so in the since we're on that side of the bracket, the only real ad that I have here for the Big Ten tournament to takeaways is we've really seen kind of this. I don't want to call it the ugly side because it's absolutely who they've always been, but this side of the Iowa Hawkeyes players that's come out like openly bitching in in uh, press conferences about refereeing bohannon's been uh, usually he's been a fun follow on twitter and just into this like complaining kind of attitude connor mccaffrey took a shot at uh iowa broadcaster chris hassel um, yeah like what the tweet is something like this dude fucking sucks or something like 
and it's still up. Like, hasn't deleted it, nothing. And they, it, Jordan I, Bohannon got into a beef with a goddamn, like, I can't even tell you how many Illini sports podcasts have popped up over the last four months as Illinois has had suddenly expectations for basketball. Yeah, and sure. Jordan Bohannon got into like a, a quote tweet Twitter beef with an Illinois sports podcast, like not even on a major kind of platform or anything that ended with him saying, oh, well, you know, we'll see if you win this game, if your banner stays up. It's like, what exactly are you accusing? First off, Illinois, but second off, this Illinois podcast on an independent media network of yeah well nope. and the other the other thing of course is that's uh that's a, a straight plagiarism of noted poet laureate Mark Turgeon from the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the kind of forgotten storyline the thing that is sort of going to the, the background the uh 100 <laughs> the, the beef between Juwan Howard and Mark Turgeon in which uh, the reports of the stuff they were saying to each other were wild. Of course, they've both flat out denied all the good stuff. Um, well, but, okay, uh, but we're not about denial of rumors. So the rumors are that Juwan Howard said, <laughs> and I quote, I'll fucking kill you. And the rumors are that Mark Turgeon said, don't hang the banner because your banners come down. <laughs> Hunter and Dickinson yeah. going off like a clown. Don't hang your banner because your banner come down. You garden, you garden I.O. with fucking Sean D. Brown. Don't hang your banner because your banner come down. <laughs> Allegedly, these things were said. <laughs> <laughs> they both denied it. But, uh, yeah, and, and so then, you know, Juwan Howard then in the press conference has the sense to portray it as kind of a streetwise reaction of, well, if he's coming at me, I'm going to defend myself. Like, all right. A grown man <laughs> charges at you. A gro- okay, so first of all, how, like Juwan Howard played in the NBA for, what, 20 years? And he's and six, six, he's foot six ten. ten. Like He has <laughs> a whole foot and 100 pounds on Mark Turgeon. Dude, if Mark Turgeon started charging at me, I would laugh, and I'm not an athlete. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we, we would we would be remiss to not point that out. And you know, look, this is, I mean, I'm going to file this in the file next to where I have the note that one of Juwan Howard's first interactions as a coach against MSU was to step on the court during play. So, and that, that's the kind of like because now, like the censored version of it, right? The the version where people are not denying things is that Juwan Howard went to bitch about a call and Mark Turgeon, Mark Turgeon went to the ref. Hey, look, this asshole's out of his box again. Look, he keeps doing that. He keeps fucking doing it. And then Juwan Howard yelled at him and then ended up yelling at uh, Daryl Morsell for some reason. Anyway, um, so whether it's whether it's true or not, it's true in my head canon. So I mean, <laughs> point is, the Big Ten tournament was appointment television, and I'm pleased that Mark Turgeon got away with using the strategy that I used uh, when Bruce Weber would make his annual visit to Evanston. Uh, he'd just scream about his presence on the court during uh, during play. Jim Burr never listened to me, which uh, you know, fuck him. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad somebody finally listened to Mark Turgeon. <laughs> Every single time somebody brings up, um, you know, Illinois fans like to bring up Bruce Weber. Like one of our one of our Champagne Room contributors said that uh, he was at the Illini, you know, at the Big Ten tournament rooting for the Illini and had contracted a case of Bruce Weber voice. So I'm just like, Jacob, move! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, yeah, and it, that's we've commented on this before, but the other thing, of course, is that 
all coaches are more audible now than they used to be, but Brad Underwood is more audible by Brad by Underwood. Like, um, geez, it's uh, but anyway, so that that was a Big Ten tournament. It was one of the more fun events I've watched recently, especially considering. I mean, this is from the perspective of my own team laying an absolute egg in the first game they played and being out of it. I still enjoyed this event. Um, I think it's an underrated event on the calendar. In the past, I have stand for the Big Ten tournament because MSU wins it a lot. But this year, I, I stand the Big Ten tournament because it was fantastic. It was generally fantastic. Another thing that I really liked um, is that, the I mean, and you could probably by pure luck more than anything, but Big Ten got through their tournament with no uh cancellations true no covid cancellations i mean They're true but uh the big 12 had one the acc had two um i was very worried about that right because that was honestly one of the reasons i was so neurotic about this regular season title was because like i know we're not out of the woods yet i know there's a chance that's the only title anybody the only banner anybody hangs this year Oh, dude if you think that that under any circumstances they're not completing this tournament They'll they'll stretch it out. They'll space the games a month apart. They are they are finishing this tournament. They are getting that paper. But as we got to one year to the anniversary of March eleventh, twenty twenty, you know that 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 day that I just spent at work just looking at Twitter news and just like everything started. Everybody started to realize how bad this was about to be all on the same day. That was that was when the NBA season got canceled. There were two Big Ten tournament games played that day. That was a Wednesday. It was just like the longest news day of my life. Um, oh, also, we had a fun thing that happened. The uh, Big Ten Sportsmanship Player of the Year got ejected for grabbing nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, Rutgers. <laughs> I bring that up because that's phenomenal. There was that led to a great conversation on air about uh about one whether or not a man would intentionally grab another man in his future on purpose uh see to me that's kind of that's i I was about to say that's taking the low-hanging fruit and make it (laughs) fun but um i I was gonna say it's really leaving something on the table because it's a fantastic opportunity for a deep philosophical conversation about the meaning of sportsmanship that the booth just right over their heads. Uh, so just thank you um, for pointing that out. Push for big and it's off tackle empire.